Well, thanks again for joining us for our final podcast of this year. And in the new year, again, we'll, we'll start off with a message I hope will we'll give you some traction for the new year, uh, kind of a grid um, through the year to help you grow, uh, help you focus. Uh, and so I'm really excited already, um, weeks away, I know, but uh, to deliver that. So I hope you'll tune into that. It's something that I've been um, uh, receiving, I would say, for sure. And I don't say that often, um, that God's been doing in my own life, that I've, I've already kind of talked about, um, but I just continue to get more clarity on it. Uh, we all need a map. Um, we all need grids. Where, you know, we're, we're dependent on that for so much in our lives, aren't we? Uh, whether you're in school and it's a, a, a track you're taking um, in a career, um, whether where you're trying to see what the next step is, and you always appreciate knowing what those next steps could possibly be for you when they're clear. Uh, and if you're like me, um, that's outdoors a lot here in Arizona. Uh, you know, I love the I love the different maps and all trail type um, applications that you can figure out easily where you need to head uh, in order to experience the most and not get lost along the way as well. So that's what I hope to do. Believe that God spelled that out for us. So there's a little introduction for the new year, but today we want to just focus on Christmas. And I want to just talk about uh, the three things I believe that God wants you to hear this Christmas. And I believe this deeply. I believe that these are the three things that God wants me to hear this Christmas. Um, you know, Christmas is really about God coming down to earth. He touched earth. Um, one author, as he said, um, I think it was Max Lucado, wrote a book called God Came Near. Um, and God's reminded us all, and Christmas is a proof of that, that we are not alone, that God has a plan for us, that God's not done um, with his plan for the world and in the world, and especially for you and for me. And so that's the, that's the wonder of the incarnation, of God becoming man, that we're not alone, um, that he's, he came himself, that's how much he cares. And so he says a message for all of us today. We're going to read Luke 2, and then we'll we'll look again at three things that God wants you you specifically to hear and be reminded of um, this Christmas. So let's read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter two. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Well, there's the Christmas story. Fantastic. I'm sure, you know, Luke, as he was compiling this um, account of Jesus' life, probably spoke to Mary. Um, and Mary, you know, probably relayed a lot of this, what she heard from the shepherds when they showed up, um, you know, there in the in the inn of how they... They came to suddenly be there. So um, just, again, just just an incredible little letter we have uh, about this account of the Lord's birth. But what are these three things? Here, here are the three things I want you to hear from this story this Christmas. Uh, and there's so many Christmas messages I know we've heard over the years, but I feel like this is what God's put upon my heart. First is this. First thing that God wants you to do to hear this Christmas is that God cares about you. God cares about you. So like the shepherds, don't be afraid. God cares. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause joys for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Um, that's a message we all need to hear. I don't, I don't care how long you've been walking with Jesus. I don't care how old you are or young you are, where you feel like... Um, you know, maybe you haven't lived a lot of life. All of us get afraid. All of us get anxious. All of us get worried. All of us fear the worst. Usually, when when um, when something happens, and some of us, this is far more of a struggle than others. And then sometimes there's just seasons of our life where we feel so overwhelmed. I want to remind you again that God cares for you, and God doesn't want us to be afraid. You know, and Jesus, of course, as he grew up, this is one of his message. How often did did, did Christ um, tell his disciples, fear not, whether he was on a stormy um, sea or lake with them or walking on the waters towards them or just um, preaching a sermon that said, um, do not worry. Um, you know, that God can clothe and God can provide and, and uh, you know, do not worry is just another way of God saying, do not fear. Um, and so you need to remind yourself of that this Christmas. That's just the message, I think, that's just all throughout the Bible is God doesn't want us to be afraid. You know, when I, even the day I'm waiting on news for something, I was anxious. Um, and I, it, I will say it's more than just saying it, isn't it? Or just hearing a message like this, that again, God cares for you and he doesn't want you to be afraid. You have to, you have to by an act of the will, you have to tell yourself this. And that's exactly what I did. I'm sitting there and I literally said in my, my head, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not, fear not, you know? And so that's something that you, that's just a practical way of doing it. When the thought comes into your head, you quickly say, you say it and you say it, you know, say it within the first five seconds. If you have to say it, say it out loud. You just tell yourself again, I'm not going to be afraid. Stephen, fear not. 
Bill, fear not. Sarah, fear not. Okay. Um, listen, I shared this about six months ago. This has never happened to me before. Uh, although I, I do believe um, that God can still speak to us in dreams and visions. I don't think he does it often. We just don't think that, that that's God's main mode. Um, because I think there's a point where he just wants to stretch us to um, learn how to think in ways that we should be thinking, which is we're thinking based upon his character, um, based upon what the what the Bible says, and we're living by faith, not necessarily by sight, something that's very clean, clearly. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't do that. Um, you know, sometimes God just visits us with, um, with things like that. And I don't know if it was a dream or a vision. And again, I only mention this because I don't think this has ever happened to me before. But you know, in in this in this dream, which I felt was not random, um, I just two of my old mentors, actually, from one of the first early seasons of my ministry life, uh, who are both in heaven now, actually, and I just just saw them so clearly and heard them so clearly, and you know, they were together, which was kind of funny, and uh, although they knew each other very well, and the, it's like. They both kind of looked at me and told me, each of them, in a different way. And I can't remember the exact words, but, you know, one was like, you have absolutely nothing to be afraid of. And the other, and the other one kind of said the same thing. You know, you don't, there's nothing to worry about. You know, you have absolutely nothing to worry about in life. I think I, someone, you know, they kind of expanded on it a bit. Um, and you think about that for a minute. I mean, that really just hit me. I have carried that with me, right? Because I just felt like, I don't think that was random. I think that was, you know, again, I would just walk with God long enough to know what's kind of funny in my imaginations and what I what I deem and discern is, is real. I think God wanted me to hear that. I think it was a dream meant for me. I share that with you because I absolutely believe that. I think, and l- listen to this, would we all get to heaven and could see the other side of eternity and we're in God's presence and we understand fully now, right? When you're there, the drama of our lives, we can see that clearly, the drama of life and then who's in charge and the way God runs the world. Don't you think that we would say the same thing if we could go back? Don't you think in the clarity of that, with heaven now gained, with eternity at stake, no matter what was going on in people's lives, don't you think we'd come back if we could be like in Dickens' um, A Christmas Carol, if we could be Bob Marley and we could return to Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, isn't that such a cool movie? Isn't, isn't that brilliant of an author? Because we all want a word from the great beyond, right? That's why I share this with you. Don't Isn't all of us, don't we all want to hear that? Don't you think we'd say, one of the things we for sure would say to others is, you don't need to be afraid of anything. I've seen who's in charge. I've seen how it pans out. I can, the curtains have been peeled back. I see where God's at work, where we can't quite see him at work, where we have to live by faith, where we have to tell ourselves, I don't have to be afraid. God loves me. God cares for me. Okay. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God cares for you. This is the first message at Christmas, just like the angel said to the, to the shepherds. Don't be afraid. Hey, there's good news. There's always good news behind God. The fact that the, the, the first good news that he gave them was that we have a Savior. Um, remember, 
Remember what a savior is. It's one who saves, but he's, he keeps on saving. God, Jesus didn't just save us from our sins and then he, he's lapsed back and he's not active in our life. He saved us in order then to, be, to now really begin to save us from a lot of other things, ourselves, um, the world, our mistakes. Um, and through that all, I think the message is clear when God's getting ready to save is you don't need to be afraid. Okay, you don't need to be afraid. So God cares for you. So don't be afraid. Second word is this. God has a word for you. God has a word for you this Christmas. Listen, verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Um, now, again, they, they actually heard the word and then hurried off to seek him. We, we, don't, we don't have that luxury. <laughs> now, it isn't like sometimes without seeking him, God will just give you a word. But it will be rare, folks. I'm telling you that. I've lived too long now and um, been around God's people, been able to minister to God's people, been able to hear a lot from God's people, walked long enough with God to know if you want to hear from God, you have to hurry up and go seek him like the like the shepherds did. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, okay? We, unfortunately for us, it's backwards from them. They heard from God and then hurried off to go see Jesus. We have to go and hurry up and see Jesus if we're going to hear from him. God has a word for you. I absolutely believe him, but you need to go seek him, okay? Um, now, Again, you know, he's a savior. So that is the primary word, of course, that he's going to see you. But I, listen, I believe, I don't think there's a chapter and verse for everyone. Now, God speaks through the Bible, so you need to be listening with the Bible open. Um, and so you listen while you're reading, right? You listen while you pray. You listen while you're silent. Um, I often say to God, God, I need a word of encouragement. I need to hear from you. Now, I don't say that in order for God to say something to me, although I absolutely believe, as James says in the book of James, um, you don't have because you don't ask. So I know enough to know, boy, never fail to ask for the smallest of things as well as you asking for the largest of things. And one of the things that you should always be asking for is, God, I need to hear from you. And then you need to listen. Okay. If you want to, you know, if you really want to, we really want to hear what people are saying, you got to listen. You got to be quiet and actually listen to really soak in the message. And it's the same with God. You can't say to God, please talk to me and then make no time to listen. Okay. Um, and God can speak to you in so many ways if you're in the mode of, I'm expecting a word from God today because I asked him. So then as I read my Bible, I'm going to read it in the context of God has a word for me, for me, and I'm going to be trying to figure out as I'm reading, what do I think it is here in the word, whether it comes or not. As I'm praying, I'm talking to God giving a chance in that prayer to also listen to God. That's why sometimes it's just good to be silent, you know, and discipline that. You know, as a side of this, I say some of us are so drowned out constantly with the, you know, with the 
apps open on the phone and the music going in the car that you're giving God no time to break through the white noise of your existence. And I, I just, some of you, I beg and plead. I don't even think this is a young thing because um, I know young people aren't, aren't like this. I think it's maybe a personality thing. It's a what I would just call a super bad habit for spiritual people who want to be hearing from God is that you need to just shut up and shut out things so that God's word can come to you. Um, so again, I ask and then I listen. And you need to hurry up and do this. I, I, sometimes I think, boy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my own life. How often have I missed a word that God desperately wanted me to hear because I wasn't in listening mode? I was maybe in worry mode, <laughs> right? I was in busy mode. I was in addiction mode, whatever it is that's, that, that is an obsession with you at times. Um, but I will tell you how often... I'm glad to say, how often have I said, God, I need a word from you, and I will open a book. I will read some of my favorite ones again. Sometimes I'm just, and I will tell you, it will really help you with your anxiety. Let's tie the first point and the, two, and the second point together when you're afraid. You know, you tell yourself that, and then a lot of times it's like, I have to get my mind off of now what I'm afraid about and back onto God's goodness. And for me, the most effective way to do that is to open God's word or open a book. And I think of the books I keep by my bedside, anything by, you know, C.S. Lewis or some, um, you know, um, some modern um, author, um, which will really help. And I, sometimes I will just, in, in the midst of my anxiety or feeling a little depressed, I will open that book anywhere and I will just start to read and immediately... My mind goes to bigger things and grander things. It goes to what's pure and noble and of good report, like the Bible says that we're to be thinking of these things. So again, you seek, seek, seek. You have to go and seek him. Seek him in the word. Seek him in books about the word and about the Christian life. Seek him in prayer. And who knows how God's going to have a word for you. Um, I've heard so many stories. Maybe you've got stories where you're just driving along and you hear something. Maybe you'll get a dream. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, beg and plead for a dream because, again, it's been such a rarity. I can't, I can't remember outside of the, the vision I just shared with you in, in my decades of existence where that's happened. So don't hold your breath for that. But can God speak in something like that? Of course. God's never bound. Um, but I don't think those happen again a lot because God wants to get you in the habit of seeking him. Okay, God has sought you. In turn, he says, now will you seek me? Okay, so... God definitely has a word for you. God isn't a God who's just spoken once and lapsed back into silence, right? He is a speaking God. He's always speaking. The problem is, again, we're rarely listening. So start asking God to speak, and then you take time to listen. And again, the fact that you don't hear from God is not God's fault. I rarely hear from God. Yeah, well, that's not God's fault. God didn't write a book or a library of books here and laps back into silence. Now he never speaks beyond the written page. No way. That is just not the Christian experience over 2,000 years. But God speaks to those who are listening, to those who want to hear from him, right? Um, so you need to, you know, like those shepherds, you need to let us, so they hurried up and went to see Jesus. So you need to do that. You need to hurry up and go, seek him. And here's the final message God wants you to hear this Christmas. 
God not only cares about you, he not only has a word for you. Listen, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. This Christmas and through the new year, verse 17, when they had seen him, when they had heard from him, right? They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word and all who heard it were amazed. Wow, that's being used, right? You want to be used like that? Where you begin to speak and you begin to show up and you begin to go and people are met with, whether they express it to you or not, they're met with amazement. How many of us want to amaze? Of course, it's the heart of all of us, right? We desperately want to be used. We want to have a bigger plan than just our own. We want to feel like God has a word for us. We want to feel like God loves us. And we want to feel like God's going to use us. All who heard of it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Okay? That is God's whole plan here. God came to save you. Of course, he came to save you at Christmas. But he came because he wants to use you. Right? He wants to keep using you. He wants to keep saving you. That's God's whole plan. And he uses ordinary people. You wonder why he showed up to shepherds. You know, wow. Like, ordinary, lowly shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. God said, I'm not going to go into the village and seek out those who seem to have the most influence so that people would listen to them. I'm going to go seek out these marginalized, sometimes untrustworthy, because they were traveling. People kind of locked their doors on the shepherds. Now, there's a little bit of debate on that, how much of a thie of thieves or, or, or kind of carnival-type people shepherds were. But it was still a lowly position. They weren't necessarily, you know, you didn't seek out a shepherd for wisdom, right? They went to people of influence. They went to, you know, you think that God would, you kind of use the great celebrities. To this day, God still rarely uses people of influence. He uses everyday people, right? God wants to use you. He loves using the ordinary, the weak, the despised, Paul says, to shame the wise, right? Because when God shows up and God speaks to you and God gets a hold of you and God uses you, people stand amazed, right? And they don't just stand, they don't stand amazed at you, which is not God's plan. Doesn't want to create a little mini celebrity in you. They stand amazed at God, at what God has done and what God can do. So God wants to use you. God wants to use you. He delights in using you. He's never done using you. So here's the thing, just like the shepherds, what do you need to say, right? That's what they did, right? spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Not just what they've been told, but obviously then they include, like, we did see him as well. We clarified it. The angel said that. That's what had been told, that he was going to be the Savior, that it was glory to God on high, that his favor and his peace would dwell on man of goodwill, meaning men who accepted the message. And we went and we clarified. So what we've seen and we heard, we are proclaiming to you this day. That is exactly in the book of Acts what happened to the apostles right? And we proclaim, Paul and, Paul and the apostles, and we proclaim to you this day what we have both seen and heard, that this God um, and this Messiah was crucified, dead and buried, and has risen again to new life. How does God want to use you? What do you need to testify, right? What do you need to say? It all starts by, you got, you got to say something. And I'm not just saying to non-Christians, to people around you, right? What do you need to say? What, what do you need to say about his love in your life? Where has God's love recently shown up in your life where you've, you, have, you have been assured again of how much he loved you? What about his provision? What can you say about his provision in your life? When has, how has God recently given to you? What about his guidance? 
When, where recently has God pointed you in a new direction that's thrilled you? Testify about it. Tell someone. What about God's steadfastness? When has God recently been a rock through a very difficult time in your life? Tell about it. What about his strength? What has God done where he's made you stronger, you realize, than you knew you were on your own? That you were just too weak to accomplish something that on your own? Is it a new job? Is it something that you've recently been able to say? And you could just say, man, that God strengthened me. I would never be able to say that. God gave me the words to say. Tell tell about it, right? God wants to use you in that. God didn't just, God hasn't shown up in all these incredible ways in your life for you to keep quiet. God has shown up with an expectation. So like the shepherd, you'll spread the word concerning him and what he's done, right? What about his mercy and grace? Where have you felt that God, where recently? Or maybe there's there, there's been a time in your life where God um, never treated you like your sins deserved. It hurt, you felt punished, but not like you deserved. Um, but instead showed up with his mercy. Tell someone about it, right? Testify to what God has done in your life. God wants to use you. He wants to, he wants to use you, what you've seen, you heard. To your family, listen, who can you tell that to? To your family? Maybe there's a family member that needs to hear. Just recently, I had lunch with my boy, and I, I, um, I, I shared things like that with him, just actually with concerning, you know, his, his mother and me, um, and just how God had shown up, and, and, and things that God had done for us, because I wanted him to hear that. So maybe someone to, to your family, maybe to your friends, you have a word, Right? Maybe the, to the people you work with, maybe to your neighbors. But God wants to use you in all those lives. So like the shepherds, testify to what you've seen and heard. That's what it means to be a witness. It's things, you know, think of a witness on a scene. It's what I've heard and it's what I've seen. And that's when God says, now, you are going to be my witnesses to what you've seen and heard me do in your life. And you've got to tell others. I don't care if they're a Christian or a non-Christian. Don't be silent about the way that God has shown up in your life. Okay. So where are you this Christmas? Where are you this Christmas? Let me just close with this. Are you anxious? Are you afraid? Are you nervous about something? Are you worried about something? Are you sick about something? Like the angel said, listen, God wants you to hear this Christmas. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Are you directionless? Maybe you're restless. Maybe you failed at something recently. Listen, God has a word for you. God has a word for you in the midst of your failure, midst of your restlessness, in the midst of your your emptiness. So hurry up and go seek him. Get into God's presence and listen and listen and listen. And then finally, maybe you're just feeling empty. Maybe, Maybe you're not where you used to be once spiritually in your life. I want to say to you, what God wants you to hear this Christmas is God is not done with you. You don't be done with you because God hasn't been done with you. So start looking around and just start speaking to others. And ask God to help you if you need to, of what you've experienced God do for you. Look for those openings of what God's done for you. You know, bring God into the mix. Bring God into the mix. This is what God's done. Oh, God did this. God did that. Just just start there. Be bold you know, share the message. And then may God continue to bless every one of us. Merry Christmas to everyone. And again, thanks for listening.